Welcome to the Red Words Podcast, where we pursue a personal relationship with God the Father and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Join us weekly as we deep dive into the dynamic and oftentimes curious Holy Spirit-inspired book of God's Word. Welcome back to letter number five to the church at Sardis. We discover in the letter this week that there is no initial compliment, as there was for the first four churches. Instead, we find a church who has self-inflicted difficulties. From the outside, the church at Sardis appears to be one way, but is actually the total opposite, as we discover in Revelation chapter 3, verse 1. To the messenger of the church in Sardis write, The one who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this, I know what you've been doing. You are known for being alive, but you are dead. Let's take a look at the seven spirits of God listed in Isaiah 11 verse 2 to help us with the Lord's identifier. Number one, the spirit of the Lord Number two, the spirit of wisdom. Number three, the spirit of understanding. Number four, the spirit of counsel. Number five, the spirit of might. Number six, the spirit of knowledge. And number seven, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. These identifiers describe the coming King Jesus Christ who will rule and reign over the earth for a thousand years. His government will be perfect, filled first with the spirit of the Holy Lord God. Jesus possesses wisdom, understanding, excellent counsel, power, knowledge, and respect for his Father, a fantastic combination for the future ruler of the world. Jesus tells Sardis they are in trouble because this church is missing all seven spirits. But their most important loss is the Spirit of the Lord God Almighty. Without God, a church is dead. Yet from the outside, this church appears to be alive and well. Sardis has a good outward reputation. They dress well and have a haughty confidence in themselves that leads to strong beliefs about who they are and what they do. But they lack the love wisdom, understanding, and knowledge of God because they lost their fearful respect for him. Sardis is full of themselves and who they pretend to be, but they are spiritually dead like the Pharisees who were beautifully clothed on the outside, but whom Jesus likened to whitewashed tombs in Matthew 23, verses 27 and 28. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like the whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside they are full of dead man's bones and all uncleanness. So you too outwardly appear righteous to men, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Sardis is the church whose parking lot is filled with expensive vehicles and unfriendly parishioners who compete with each other for the title of best dressed or the most well-behaved children. For Sardis, church has become a Sunday meeting ritual that is devoid of welcome because it lacks the love of God. Their sanctuaries are loaded with mega-TVs displaying informational entertainment 
while big bands play contemporary Christian music. The Sardis churches predominantly preach about make them feel good, but never teach God's truth from the books like Revelation, Ezekiel, Daniel, Romans, Exodus, or even Genesis. The danger of the Sardis church is that appearances are far more important than truth, and Jesus strongly warns against this when he continues in verses 2 and 3. Wake up and strengthen the things that remain, which are about to die, for I have not found your deeds completed in the sight of my God. So remember what you received and heard. Obey it and repent. Therefore, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you won't know the time when I will come to you. This church is filled with such pride and self-significance that they are blinded to the predicament therein. Jesus nearly shouts at them to wake up and see that they must strengthen what little they have left, because even those things are about to die. Then things get worse for Sardis when Jesus tells them that even the few small deeds they attempted to do were not completed in God's view. Jesus warns Sardis to get back to God and remember all the blessings they received from him and the promises he made. Be obedient. Return to that place and ask forgiveness, for it will be granted to a pure heart. But if this church does not wake up and return, Jesus carefully explains that because they are so completely unaware, so dead to the truth, they don't even have a clue how bad their situation is. In the days before Jesus was crucified, he shared a very telling parable about five very foolish virgins who were awaiting their bridegroom. In Matthew 25, 1 through 13, these young women were part of a group of 10 who were waiting deep into the night for their groom to come get them for their wedding. Five in the group brought extra lamp oil so they could keep their lamps lit throughout the night. The other five did not. When someone shouted that the groom was on his way, the foolish girls were caught slumbering and their lamps had gone out. They told the thrifty five to give them oil, but the girls refused and with lamps lit ran to meet their groom. The remaining girls had to run back into town to purchase lamp oil and by the time they returned, the chapel doors were closed and they were not allowed to enter. When they banged on the door, the groom met them at the threshold and refused them entry. He told them he didn't know them. The church at Sardis had depleted their spiritual oil and gone to sleep. When their lamps snuffed out, they did not replace their spiritual oil, nor did they wake up. And Jesus is telling them to do that now, before it's too late. With the Spirit of God dead in them, they lost their fear of the Lord and replaced Him with their own foolish pride and self-significance. The Lord Jesus Christ wants them to wake up, turn around, repent, and ignite the lamp of their holy and loving Lord God. Because if they gain the first of the seven spirits back, they will also regain the rest. Or else, Jesus warns, He will come like a thief in the night and they will be caught unawares. And he will not allow them in, because he does not know them. This letter to Sardis is such a beautiful reminder of how often the Lord begs people to return to him. His great love is so forgiving. 
He will do anything to retrieve people, but if they don't reciprocate, they will be caught unawares when he comes, and they will be left behind. Verses 4 through 6 complete the letter to Sardis. But you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their garments. They will walk with me in white because they are worthy. The person who conquers in this way will wear white clothes, and I will never erase his name from the book of life. I will acknowledge his name in the presence of my Father and his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Isn't it interesting that Jesus does not accuse the church at Sardis of having bad doctrine, nor do they worship paganism or idols? And Satan isn't involved this time. Instead, pride and self-significance led them to abandon God. Their outwardly beautiful garments are soiled, for there is no love in them. And yet there is a remnant who remain true to the Lord God and His Son. This remnant will partake in the marriage ceremony dressed in white, worthy and forever known and loved by God and His multitude of angels. We look to Scripture to see many references to those whom God claims as His remnant. Genesis 7.23 Noah and seven others are the remnant from the flood. Genesis 45, 7. Joseph and his brothers are the remnant from the famine. Jeremiah 40, 11 and 12. After Babylon captured Israel and Judah, God had King Nebuchadnezzar leave some Israelites behind in Jerusalem as a remnant to their God. When Queen Jezebel murdered the Israel prophets and threatened to kill Elijah too, he fled hid in a cave, and cried out to God, afraid and utterly alone. In his pain and suffering, Elijah couldn't understand why all of Israel had turned away from God. But in 1 Kings 19.18, God answered Elijah and told him, Yet I leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. And finally, Jesus says, He who has an ear, turn from pride and self-significance. Return to the fearful and holy respect and love of God the Father. Repent and seek forgiveness, and then stand tall in the Lord and in His many blessings. But especially, stand at the gate and watch. Await that wonderful day of His return so you can run to Him. And so, dear friends, take heed of the Holy Spirit-inspired Word of God today as you seek a deeper, personal relationship with Him. Thank you for joining me, and know that the Lord Jesus Christ loves you very much, and so do we. Until next week, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen and amen.